This is for the free thinkers, the curious beings that swim upstream, who see possibilities, not problems, that learn from the past, live by the present, and create the future. This is the I Love Ugly Audio Show. Welcome to the I Love Ugly Audio Show. My name is Valentin Nozic, creative director and founder of I Love Ugly. During lockdown, I had the opportunity to interview New Zealand All Black star Bowden Barrett via Zoom call, so apologies for not a perfect audio quality. Barrett made his All Blacks test debut in 2012 and since then has gone on to feature in two Rugby World Cups as well as winning back-to-back World Rugby Player of the Year awards in 2016 and 17. In this episode, we dive into the mindset and attributes behind his success, why he decided to pursue rugby over university, the importance of goal setting, pre-game routines and what his plans are for life after rugby. This episode is not only for athletes, but anyone looking to tap into their full potential in any area of their life. We hope you enjoy it just as much as we did recording it. Enjoy the episode. Bowden Barrett, welcome to the show, man. Appreciate you uh, carving out the time, busy time and COVID-19. So what what, what have you been doing to kind of keep yourself busy and um, filling up your days at the moment? Thanks. Thanks, mate. Nice to chat. Um, well, I mean, I'm sticking religiously to my training program. That's one thing that I can focus on. And yeah. um, I guess it is my job staying fit and uh, training hard. It's been a, a lengthy break for me. So when I do return, yeah. I want to make sure that I'm, I'm, you know, 110% and ready to go. Yeah, definitely. So what is your, what is your training program at the moment entail? And how is it different to normal? Um, at the moment, it's um, two days on, so Monday, Tuesday on, Wednesday off, and then train Thursday, Friday, then weekends off. So on the Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, would have double days. Yeah. Um, so two of those days would be speed sessions. Uh, the other two days would be like really hard conditioning, running, fitness work workouts, and then um, four gym sessions. Yeah. So that's the bare minimum. Um, I'm kicking on top of that, you know, three or four times a week. Um, plus, I like to do a bit of yoga and Pilates as well. So that's yeah. purely the physical side of my training at the moment. Yeah. So do you think that, um, do you think kind of one of the keys to your success is that you always kind of went over and beyond of what was expected? I think... Um, not necessarily going over and beyond. It's probably like this lockdown period would be a great example of trainers prescribing workouts and, you know, how how diligently you follow them probably yeah. separates a lot of athletes. Um, yeah. And especially during this time, it highlights motivation and how some, well, everyone's struggling, but um, yeah. yeah, how focused and, and dedicated you are to that plan and, no doubt I have days where I'm like, shit, there's going to be a, I mean, I'm not up for it, but you just find a way to grind through it. And um, Definitely. yeah, that's sort of where, I, where I'm at. Yeah, man. And how, how do you, you know, when you do have those shitty days or weeks or, you know, you're, um, I don't know, just disappoint the fans or whatever, how do you kind of pull yourself through those, you know, through those kind of those valleys of disappointment? How do you, Managed to do it. Like, what's the mindset behind that? I mean, with sport, 
you know, it's a roller coaster ride. We have so many highs and lows, and um, there are times when I'm, I'm lacking a bit of motivation. Where I just dig into the well and uh, remember those dark times, those losses that hurt like shit. And yeah. um, you know, I vividly remember yeah, coaches saying, "Just remember this feeling." Um, because there'll be times where you need need to remember this feeling and um, use yeah. it as fuel to to drive you, you know, out of a hole one day or, you know, to motivate yeah. you daily, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, well, and do you kind of, yeah, and, and can you just turn that on and tap into that, into those, you know, uh, moments from the past and use them as leverage? Like, are you pretty, have you just yeah. figured out how to turn that switch on now? Yeah, I mean, there's that that switch, um, but then there's also the personal standard switch. Like, obviously, yeah. Um, some days you have to tap into, you know, the dark days, and other times you have to tap into what drives me and, and my own standards and, and where I want to get to. So, yeah. I guess that's the 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 one I refer to more often. Yeah, for sure. What does uh what does drive you? Because obviously, because you're, how, how old are you, 28, 29? 28, yeah. Yeah, you're, fuck, uh, yeah, a young man. Because I remember, I remember um, when I first met you, maybe five or, it was like 2015, I think it was that last game McCaw was playing before his retirement at Eden Park yep. against Australia, and you came out to our studio, and you gave yeah. us those tickets. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And I was just like, I, I remember meeting you then. And then obviously now, what is what is that? Five years on, or six years on, whatever it is. And um, man, time goes quick, and you're pretty young. Mm. You've achieved a lot for a young young man. You know, 28 years old. Did you kind of did you think that you'd be in this position where you are, like even 10 years ago? Uh, not 10, certainly not 10. Um, back when. Yeah, 2015, as you said, um, I probably would have. I would have been thinking one day I'm going to be the older guy on the team like Richie and Dan were at this stage. Um, yeah. But certainly not 10. 10 years ago, yeah. I would have just been leaving school and, you know, I was facing some tough decisions whether to pursue with um, professional or, you know, even get into professional footy or give it up or go to university and dunners and, Wow. potentially <laughs> you know, um, these sorts of things but um, yeah I guess just through each little opportunity I gained a bit of confidence and um, as I took each one it sort of yeah things led um, in the right direction for me and I made this game of rugby my job and I'm loving it yeah nice man so you know that point you said um where you had the opportunity to either you know get put up the put up the boots or go to university what made you decide to pursue rugby because obviously it's a big risk right big big risk to pursue something like a career and as a professional sportsman <laughs> sorry about the dogs mate nah, no no worries yeah so um, what, was the cat what was the catalyst to your decision in pursuing a professional career in rugby well it was never guaranteed to be a, a career it was just an opportunity to trial out to um back then it was trial out for the Tudnaki sevens team which would have been my first time playing with men full-grown men yeah. um versus <clears throat> just having a bit of a summer off and then getting ready for university so mm -hmm. 
I mean, this is me leaving school. Um, haven't really achieved, you know, too much. I didn't make New Zealand secondary schools, but I knew that I still had a bit in me and wanted to give it a decent shot. So yeah. I gave sevens a crack. Uh, made the New Zealand sevens team out of school, and then that's that's sort of that was my opportunity, which I took, yeah. and um, yeah, never really looked back from then. Crazy. And then did people identify talent, raw talent in you and just told you, you know, encourage you to continue this path? Yeah, I, I mean, Clarkie Laidlaw, who's now the New Zealand Sevens coach, um, he coached Taranaki back then and he encouraged me to trial out. So he yeah. obviously saw something in me, probably mm. more than what I saw in myself. Yeah, and um, it's usually the case. Yeah, and then... Gordon Titchens Titch saw something in me which led to the selection in his squad um, yeah. from that tournament. So, yeah, it just goes to show like a lot of people at that age may give up and may go to university and particularly over that summer, like it's a slippery mm. slope. Yeah. You, can, you can really um, blow out. You know, you yeah. can enjoy that last year at school and, um, you know, get excited about university and yeah, certainly once you hit university. Um, yeah. You know, you see a lot of talent go down the waist, but uh, it was a conscious decision. I had to make a few big choices, and um, yeah, yeah it imagine. worked in my favour. Can imagine, man. And then, um, so you're a, how, you got seven siblings, is it? Yeah, seven siblings. Seven. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Seven I got two. five. I, I got five siblings, so um, yeah, that's a big family. But yeah, so a couple of your other brothers as well, also successful athletes as well. So there must be some type of traits that your parents have installed in you guys, uh, your your family, just to get to the levels and reach the heights which you've reached. Do you want to maybe kind of share what some of those traits are? Which obviously they've been, yeah. you know, um, parents are usually the greatest mentors and they're usually what sculpt, not all mm. the time, but in your case, obviously it may, may have helped, may have assist, but what do you think are some of those like traits which they gave you guys to reach the heights which yeah. you've reached? Um, well, this was certainly the case with my family. My mum and dad are such hard workers and obviously raising eight kids, working on a, an organic dairy farm in Taranaki, um, it's no no easy feat. You know, we had yeah, to work hard imagine. together as a team from day one. So yeah. there's a real sense of um, teamwork and, and bonding and, um, you know, working hard for one another and, uh, loyalty and all that sort of thing so yeah. we saw that from a, a young age and it's ingrained in us as kids and whenever it came to sport that was just fun um, and given yeah. the, the work rate we saw in our parents of course we were always going to aspire to be like them and yeah. you know train hard and um, thankfully they were talented athletes themselves and um, you know we inherited a few of those those strong genes yeah awesome and then do you think that, because um, are you the older of your other two brothers that are in All Blacks? Or? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, do you so think I, that you kind of um, paved the way I mean, a bit? Kane, I'm number two. Yeah. Oh, yeah, nice. Well, I'm number me, two as well. Kane certainly <laughs> paved the way. Yeah. Okay. So, like, he was always the dominant one, <clears> being number one. He played two years of New Zealand secondary schools. He was a big, like, physical player. So yeah, I tried to keep up with him. And um, unfortunately, he suffered a concussion when he played for the Blues. Um, mm -hmm. 
few years back now, but forever I'd be looking up to him and trying to keep up with him. Um, and yeah. then when I eventually made it, I guess Scott and Geordie say the same thing. Um, yeah. About me, you know, as I do with Kane. So, you know, yeah. it's like his younger brothers, they look up to the older brothers and want to join in on everything and, you know, <laughs> yeah. like little pests. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Well, my, my older brother got me into rap music and uh, Nike Jordans and yeah. <laughs> yeah, next minute, I think I'm this little gangster. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, but now nah, you're, you're right, eh? You're heavily, heavily influenced by your older siblings, um, both both good and bad. But you know, uh, so you also, as we said off yes. camera as well, you're about to become a dad, um, which is obviously, you know, I've been through that three times and it's pretty life-changing. What, um, like, is this something you've been consciously preparing for and how do you think that's going to change your the trajectory of your life? Yeah, I'm so excited. Like, I, I love kids. I, I don't know, there's something about them. I love seeing them uh, achieve and, like, yeah. just yeah. that pure joy of teaching them something <clears throat> and then, you know, getting a buzz out of it. Like, so I'm really yeah. excited about having a little girl first up and, um, yeah. being a dad so yeah um, yeah it's going to be good fun obviously it'll yeah. come with its challenges being a professional athlete and, and being away from my family and that but um, mm. you know that's what that's what I'm up for yeah no definitely man it's yeah it's pretty amazing the way you can just sculpt them and you know sculpt their mindset and you know nurture their talents and things like that it's really really enjoyable but in terms of um in terms of your mindset something i i interviewed um dan hangman from the ufc as well and it just kind of fascinated me the whole um what goes on through the mind before game time or before in his case it was fight time yeah what's uh what goes on through your mind before you know like say like a big test match where the pressure's on um, like what's going on and how do you kind of calm those, those negative voices and things like that? Mm, I mean, <clears throat> our games are at 7.30 p.m. So it's such yeah. a long time from when you wake up on game day. I'll probably wake up at 8.30, 9 o'clock. Yeah. So I, I try not to allow myself to overthink um, throughout the whole day. Otherwise, by the time I get to kick off, I'll be mentally drained. So mm. I'll just stay reasonably relaxed around home or if it's a hotel. Um, I mean, tune into my book maybe for 10-minute periods here and there, but make it um, make it black and white. Otherwise, like I say, I just get to the game and I would have played a few games before I even kicked off. So um, specifically... An hour and a half before kickoff, I like to listen to a bit of music for half an hour until, you know, as I'm yeah. arriving to the stadium, I like to walk around the stadium and, you know, play my music. Now. What music are you listening it makes to? Me feel like good and, uh, gets calming music? Um, I like music? Um, sort of like Shapeshifter, um, yeah. Kygo. Um, so upbeat, uplifting kind of? Get you Just in the that zone. sort of tropical house upbeat sort of uplifting yep. stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and then I'm <clears throat> I'm sort of out there tossing the ball around, just getting a real feel for the atmosphere. Um, yeah. But at the moment, it's just all excitement, like just sort of bursting, and then can't wait to get out there. Um, yeah. And then as I remove the my headphones and I'm lacing up my boots and all that, that's when I start to sort of think about my first action and what my first job could look. 
like yeah. and, and sort of visualization comes into it then so um yeah that's when it starts to really get real when the nerves kick in once my yeah. headphones are off and um you know it's quite a quiet sound in the change room there's not too much going on and yeah um yeah the negative thoughts are they're not really present at that time you just want to i just want to mm. get stuck in and um obviously a lot of prep goes into the week so I don't want to be cluttered. I want to be sort of light, bright and clear. That's the way I like mm. to approach the game. Yeah. Yeah. So you basically try to come in with a clear mind and then if the nerves, say you, before you said the nerves start to happen, do they, um, once again, do you kind of use those as leverage just to be like, you know, they kind of awaken you to a degree? Yeah. I'd, I'd be worried if I wasn't nervous. Like yeah. if I got to a game, you know, <laughs> Um, particularly a game that could be perceived as easy. Like there are tough teams, there are not so uh, tough teams. Those yeah. games are the dangerous <clears> ones where you can be a bit complacent. And if I find I'm not nervous before then, then I know that I could get a bit of a wake-up call. Um, and yeah. if I'm feeling it, then my teammates are probably feeling it. So, yeah, you know, you, you have to sort of, you know, get into the, the right headspace. Yeah, definitely. Complacency definitely kills. It's the same thing for business as well. The moment you start thinking it's easy is the moment you start to before without you even realizing you're declining. So um, no, I I definitely agree. Now that's that's real interesting. And then is there is there is there points as well where you're say in the game and you're in the zone, and then it just kind of switches into a you know it starts switching in direction which you didn't expect. Where say like your opposition came on far stronger than oh, you yeah. expected, and yeah, and it's always yeah. like shit. You got to adjust and. Yeah, I mean, no one game of rugby is ever the same, and I mean, everyone makes mistakes, and um, I wouldn't be where I am now without making them because you know that's how you learn and get better, and that's how you grow. So, mm. um, having skills to make mistakes and quickly get over them and get back into the present is a, a key skill that we we learn and um, and train and practice and and talk about with our peers. So. So that when when these things happen, um, you know you're not over there, you're lost and vacant. Um, you know we're in a team sport; everyone needs each other, and um, you mm. have to be as present as possible. Definitely. And how how much would you say of the game is mindset? Oh, gosh, it's a lot. Like so much. Like yeah. I mean, you have the technical, tactical, the physical. For me, mental is just as important, if not more important than yeah. um, you know all those other pillars. It yeah. undoubtedly separates um, the winners from the losers in a like a World Cup. Everyone's so similar in terms of yeah. qualities and um, potential and all that. So, yeah, that ability to turn up in front week in week out—it's so difficult to do. But the teams that can manage that off switch in front because um, it's like a wave every week is a wave and yeah after a game you have to crash down before you build up again um, and the yeah. teams that know how to do that are often the teams who are consistently good and can go through a whole world cup and and win it so um, yeah that's something we probably learned on the last one um we yeah. got up for a we got up for a you know strong irish team in the quarterfinals and there's obviously a lot of history um, in recent years with 
with Ireland and suffering a couple of losses. So, of course, we were up for that. And then um, we didn't match that intensity the following week. We didn't get back up to the, you know, the wave didn't get as high as the week before. So wow. um, that's why we sort of got to England and we were like, holy heck, these guys, yeah. guys have bought it. This is what we were like last week, but we can't match yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, far out. Yeah, um, that's, uh, yeah, it's probably a, definitely a side of sports. And I think just any successful person um, or team or anything that people, the average person probably doesn't realize, right, is the actual mindset behind the success and then also what you have to go through and, you know, just kind of, just to kind of keep yourself in the game. Have you been, uh, have you been watching that Michael Jordan, The Last Dance series on Netflix? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've been loving it. It's fascinating, right? I think, um, yeah. yeah, probably you, you're probably seeing, you're probably, I don't know, getting a lot of a lot of hints and clues about how what from him what you can apply to your own game. I'm, I'm guessing totally. I'd, I'd love to see more about his um, personal life, like yeah, I guess how he, like we saw a little bit last night in the sixth episode of how he switches off. Yeah, and I see a bit of similarity. He loves golf. I love golf. <laughs> um, and then the other way, he switches off. He smokes a lot of cigars. Eh? I think <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, a little yeah. off switch for him. I can't say I do the same, but um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for him, he how he managed to get out of the limelight and and what other things he must have got up to, like yeah. Yeah, I really feel for him because it's... Oh, and the gambling. He did the gambling too. Yeah, the gambling. Yeah, it's started to come out. The cat's coming out of the bag now. But, um, yeah, his competitiveness and that killer instinct is second to yeah. him. Absolutely. I agree. That's a lot. I've taken a lot from it as well. Just um, to my team as well, just be like Michael Jordan standards, Michael Jordan standards for everything, yeah. you know, and, and you just get it. Yeah. Cause you kind of put yourself in their position and then you kind of get it and immediately your standards, your own personal standards just raise. But in terms of, in terms of that, like adversities and things like that, like have you yourself ever suffered say like depression or anxiety or fear or anything like that? And if so, how did you overcome it? Yeah, I, undoubtedly, that all creeps in at some certain points um, of our lives and you never know when it's going to turn up again. Um, mm. But, I mean, I like to I like to sort of keep a positive outlook on my life and always when things aren't looking as positive as they have been in previous weeks, just sit back and have that perspective again and... Um, you know, keep that balance in my week. Obviously, you cannot um, overtrain or overdo things. Like I love to train hard for a couple of days and make the most of my day off. Like I'm a big planner. I stick to my plan religiously so that when I turn up to the game on Saturday, I know that I've prepared as good as I can. I just go out and enjoy it. So yeah. my weekly plan is something I refer to all the time and just how I can tinker um think of my plan and make improvements i think it yeah. it goes for all facets of my life though it's not just the performance like and the training um understanding that when i go home i've got to be the best husband i can be the best friend yeah. i can be um the best version of myself but i mean in that week 
rebalance. I like to do yoga once a week or like a, yeah. a form of breathing. Um, so you know Wim Hof. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I see you do that. Of, oh, nice. Yeah, there's a sequence um, Nigel has prepared for us All Blacks that we yeah. did throughout the World Cup. So I've sort of got a recording on my phone and I find the breathing helps if I'm feeling a bit anxious. Um, Likewise. And you're going through a sequence just yeah, there's something about it. So there are yeah. different techniques, whether it's going out on the golf course, talking to my mum, my dad, my friends, doing yeah. a bit of breathing, um, going to a sauna, um, anything to take your mind off whatever's you know causing the issue. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of those, a lot of those methods which you just spoke about, are, a lot of them are free um, and are natural, yeah. right? You don't, need, yeah. you don't need some pill or anything, you know, you can just, just switch off, change your environment, exercise, mm. sauna, breathing. What's your, uh, what's your breathing technique? Can you take me through that? Like, what is it's, that? Um, so it's, it's Nigel speaking um, and he's describing, so basically it's just nasal breathing um, in and out. They're about sort of, four or five second inhale and the same exhale for roughly a minute and a half. Yeah. And then there's a pause for 10 seconds. And then yeah. after that pause, um, basically you just hold your breath. You do that twice and then it's um, like breathing through your mouth for two blocks. And at the end of each sort of phase, you hold your breath for as long as you can and then you oh, let yeah. it all out and it just yeah. like flushes all the yeah. shifts out of your body and you feel so good. So good, right? Definitely. Almost it's feels hard like... to explain, but yeah. I recommend <laughs> um, for the listeners going on to Nigel Beach's Instagram page or website and yeah, he's an absolute wizard. He does those cold baths as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Does <laughs> he, does he run those specific. courses? Those courses, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, true, yeah. Nigel Beach. I, I'll, I'll look at, look him up because we'll chuck him in the show notes. Yeah, I, I, I love that stuff, man. Like I've been doing that pretty much elite, you know, most mornings. Um, I'd say upon awakening, um, but breathing, yeah. and um, and then I'd kind of I'd, I'd fuse in the meditation, and then also my visualization and the goal setting, and then I'd always finish with a cold shower. I, I reckon it's incredible, man. Like you, um, it just really starts off the day in the right way. Um, mm-hmm. So it's good to know that I'm doing something similar to, to you guys and it seems to be working for you guys so, or you particularly anyway. <laughs> How do you do that when you've got kids jumping all over you? That's yeah. Well, I, I, I try to win the day by getting up early. So at the moment I've before been a little then. bit, yeah, yeah, before <laughs> them, but then sometimes, you know, they want to get up early. But yeah, I, I, I try to get up, you know, 5.30-ish and try to get it done. But at the moment, probably creeping up to 7, 7.30. <laughs> no, no school, you know, no rush. But um, in, terms of, in terms of that as well, like, do you, do you read, you know, any of the articles or any of the bullshit that the media says about you personally or, you know, the team's performance? you read any of that um, stuff or no need I, I used to i used to read um a lot and um you know when it was going good it was great yeah you know you'd pump your own tires up you'd take a fair amount of pride over it and then it only takes one obscure or opinion article to just be like what the hell and then get so caught up in it and then yeah. obviously if there's a bad performance there's you know, all the bad ones come in. So it's like a roller coaster and it's such an emotional 
tax. Mm. Um, so no, I don't read any of it now. Um, yeah. So the, I mean, the way it gets to me is my mates text me or my family text me. They're like, you're, you're good, bro. I'm like, yeah, why? <laughs> I like, oh, don't turn on the news. <laughs> and they're like, oh, no, nah, no, nah, just checking. I'm like, stop reading the paper, mate. I don't want to, <laughs> you know, because I'm all good. And then they, it's just, obviously they care about me and it's, it's, um, that hurts them reading it and they, yeah. they you know, they want to jump on and, do comments yeah, yeah. and all that sort of thing, bit of bit of heat on Facebook or whatever, but look, it's not, not worth even getting into it. It's just it's only Definitely. one person's opinion who's writing the article, and um, yeah, you know, I know I've got plenty of fans, and um, yeah, that's just definitely. It's just, oh yeah, definitely. Without that, without that, there'd be no interest and no no fun yeah. in, in sport and competing. Yeah, and even there'd be probably no newspapers either. Because <laughs> exactly. no one, no no one would read it if it's just all positive, right? Um, and there's probably no fans in our stadium. Yeah, that's yeah. What create, yeah, exactly, man. The hype, bro. Yeah, exactly, man. What um obviously you're you know you're you're a rugby player or whatever, but what what advice would you give to say like entrepreneurs or whatever that are um say struggling even in this whole lockdown period where their business is getting slammed? What advice would you give to those people? Oh. Um, gosh, I mean, it's a good opportunity for people to show some versatility. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd try to relate it to my my code, my my job. Like, um, if I was purely a first five eight, I would have missed out on a lot of you know squads and rugby games. But because I can play two positions. Um, you know, it's got me into a squad and I've been exposed a lot more and um, played a lot more footy. And if you relate that to a job, maybe it's a, an opportunity for people to branch out and try something different. Um, and no doubt they've got other talents and um, <clears throat> other aspirations. So, I mean, you might not get immediate financial reward from it, but it's something that they can get the ball rolling and um, give it a crack anyway. So yeah. I know it's difficult financially for people at the moment, but doing something you, you can enjoy is so important. Like mm. why would you even, yeah. I know yeah. Hannah, my wife was a, was at PwC, a chartered, chartered accountant for four or five years. And she knew she didn't want to be a partner. Um, so she, she left the big, the firm PwC and now she works for herself because she she enjoys it she's more passionate about it so um hmm. yeah that's a that's another example yeah try something no. different if you can yeah show some versatility I, yeah I agree man and then I think a lot of people without actually realizing it um they do have multiple skills you know um mm. and it's like the perfect opportunity oh man yeah my wife's the same she's a She's a cookbook author and um, she worked, did a lot of freelance for Bell Media and she is, she wrote books for Penguin oh, yeah, and then yeah. a lot of them, obviously Bell Media shut down and then she's like, you know, we just did a bit of a brainstorming session and from there she's like, well, let's make a, she'll make a course. She made a course based off, say, cooking and the mindset behind mm-hmm. it and things like that. Did it, launched it, say, 10 days later and it's just, it's far exceeded what the revenue she was getting from awesome. the other sources, you know, she got like, you know, in, in 10 days, 
in 10 days she got more than um <laughs> it's a dog fight sorry what was that bro just that that bit can, cut you, out. can you hear me right now yeah yeah i can hear you better oh, sorry about that you're on a roll nah nah you, you're good man i was just basically saying yeah just just bouncing off what you said before man like in tough times it's a good opportunity to bounce and try something new my wife did the same and she found success because of it but um mm. just switching up man because i know you i know you don't have too much time but um in terms of goal setting like obviously you know being at the, the level you play like how how important is goal setting to to yourself like how does that how does that kind of play 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 a part in your you know your life yeah it's um it's really important early on in my career i wasn't huge on it i sort of i mean i was out there playing footy because i loved it and i didn't really know where i was going to go with it um there weren't too many certainties and not that there are certainties now um but at least i'm a little bit more established so these days i now my individual goals i'll i'll come up with these at the start of each season um so i mean they're, they're quite lofty goals but uh ones that i know aren't too far-fetched or i can achieve uh achieve them so i mean for me at the moment i want to be the best player in the world yeah it's that's my goal. I'm not currently at the moment. Yeah. Um, I ha have been before, um, but twice, right twice before, not... right? Um, yeah, that that's judged by whoever elected me. But I know that I'm not where I where I want to be. So um, if I be the best player I can be, I know that I can get back there. Um, yeah. But then you have team goals like which we. Um, evaluate each season as well obviously mm -hmm. for different campaigns um, but not just rugby performance goals like financial goals um, um, you know goals of my, my family um, yeah. these are things I'm starting to learn a little bit more about I've only ever yeah. been goal orientated around performance because it's, yeah. it's a lot measurable um, more measurable in my opinion um and it's something because i'm doing it every every day it's something i can um sort of focus on and, and relate yeah, to for sure definitely yeah yeah and um yeah sometimes sometimes the most important goals are the ones that are the most hardest to measure right like i don't know becoming the best father it's not like it's not like a rugby game where you see the scorer at the end of 80 minutes or whatever. It's, it's like, how do you, how do you kind of measure that? But it, yeah. it, it's so true, man. Like the way you, I love that, what you said about like, you know, you've got goals outside of just the rugby outside of just rugby. It's more around like your life financially, health, spiritual, all that stuff as well. It's mm. like, I think it's, um, I think it's real important. I'm also the same as well. And the older, the older I get, the more I realize it's not just bullshit are actually um, yeah. super, super important to help keep you focused on the right path. And when, when you do get those swings of um, unexpected events, they help you kind of stay the course as well, yes. goal setting. And without, without them, that's when you do get, that's when you do get pushed over. 
and um, discouraged. Whereas if you've got a goal, it's okay to be discouraged for a day or whatever, but you know exactly where you need to be, the path which you need to get back on. Um, and that's what I've found just speaking to all the people on the podcast. I think that's like a trait which every, all of them have is uh, very clear on their goals and what they want out of life. Um, and then in terms of like, in terms of uh, becoming the best player in the world, like what does that mean? Obviously, um, as you said before, you've got, you've been voted best player in the world twice from other people, but what does it mean for you? Like what does the best player in the world mean? Is it something that you I mean, know personally? Um, you know, receiving those awards, I was embarrassed because I'm in a team sport and it's like, yeah, it's so subjective because, <clears throat> you know, people vote and it's, that's the way it is. But at the end of the day, there has to be someone. Um, yeah. and I know that, um, it, yeah, it, it's, it's just an aspirational thing. And I know that if I can be the most influential or the guy who people depend on and rely on so much in the All Blacks, then it's going to go a long way to count for mm. for that. So I just want to be a trusted and respected teammate in the All Blacks and be someone who they can look at and be like, yep, yep yeah, I've got this. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's where I want to be. Yeah, yeah. Just a just a true leader. How many how many years do you think you've got left? And um, like, do you reckon you got another World Cup? Yeah, I, I, at least four. I, I mean, I'm 28 now. I've had a good break, uh, good off season, and yeah, I've. I mean, by the end of the next World Cup, I'll be 32. So yeah. still pretty young, I think. Yeah. Um, but it's it's. It comes back to that competitiveness and that that edge and that desire to mm. to compete and and whether I've still got it here, there may be some young fellas that are coming through that <laughs> you know that kick me out of the team. So that's yeah. that's something I can't take for granted and, and never never do. Um, but I'll back myself to to be there for the next one. I agree, man. And in terms of like, in terms of having a season off, like, how did that? How do you reckon? Why do you reckon that was so important? Like having a time off. Um, I've been so fortunate with my well, having no injuries. Um, yeah. And a result of that was playing so many games of footy, and mm-hmm. I guess if you're playing a lot of footy and I don't know, I felt that I needed a physical and mental break and I hadn't had an opportunity to do things in the nine years of professional rugby that I, you know, that normal people can do. So a little bit of travel, um, just sit back and catch up on life and, and I guess having a bit more time away from it uh, made me realize how much I actually miss it and, yeah, and appreciate what I do. So, yeah. um, a fair amount of gratitude came from this break, and I think it will make me a better player in the long run. So, definitely, you just get you get caught in a constant grind and you get stuck in that grind. It's sort of like yeah. coming into this before this corona. A lot of yeah. people come out of it thinking work at home or or yeah. why don't I do this different or you know, it just man. gave me a lot more perspective <laughs> on things. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a lot of it was physical, but um, I got a lot of 
mental benefits from it too. Yeah, no, I agree, man. Having breaks and um, just recharging the batteries, eh? giving you perspective is so important. I'm, I'm the same man as well. Like just when I do go, when I say when my wife does force, force me to take a break, you feel so good. It kind of makes you wonder why you don't do this as often mm. as you can, because you feel so good and you're more on your brain's more charged. Um, definitely. Yeah. And in, in terms of, in terms of your life after rugby, like, uh, what's, uh, yeah, what's your, what's your plans there? Like, obviously you'll probably be starting to think about it. Yeah. It, it's something I've never, never been able to, um, first professional rugby contract and I've never had to worry too much about life after the footy because yeah. there's always been a new contract or um, my injuries haven't been an issue um, but there's never been a light bulb moment where I've been like yep I'm going to be this or that um, yeah. you know I've consciously made um, some diverse investments and you know business decisions so that when I retire i know that i'll be financially um fairly sound and and um independent um so there'll be a bit of freedom there which which gives me a fair amount of ease um and um and do you do you think a lot of players allows me to just focus on playing footy and doing what i no no it's crazy it's certainly getting people are getting players are getting better um, and we're we've got each franchise and each provincial union have um, professional development managers who are yeah who are all great and I mean you can only ram so much down people's throats they either get it yeah. or they, they don't and yeah. you know some play most players most players get it now yeah um, but it's it's like a discipline you know when the money's sure. coming in um that's just how you manage that and definitely when you're young when you're a young superstar coming onto the scene you know you've got so many mates and they all come out of the woodwork and yeah you know you want to live it up so it's important to live it up because you've worked hard for it but um there's a point where it's like right now i've got to be smart about this yeah yeah and preserve it and what gave you the foresight to um to think about that did you like yeah what what made you do that (laughs) <laughs> being a bit tight with my coin probably helped <laughs> it's a good um, trait man but yeah uh, I, was, I was very lucky to be introduced to um, who's now one of my good friends Kurt um, he got me into property when I was in Wellington um, yeah. taught me about property investment and how it works and I fell in love with that so that was yeah. one avenue I took um, so I sort of surrounded myself around great friends and, and mentors who I enjoyed their company and enjoyed learning from them. Like that's how I like to learn is from storytelling and from sure. experiences and um, seeing it happen in real life and things like that. So um, yeah, I've, I've grown a diverse investment portfolio and i i love that sort of thing nice mainly in property is another way i like to switch off yeah uh i'm into a bit of kiwi fruit too i've got a a kiwi fruit orchard Um, oh nice so you so so you're quite entrepreneurial then (laughs) 
Oh, look, we, we saw a bit of potential in that industry a few years ago, and it's it's going pretty good. So nice. Um, who, who doesn't love a kiwi fruit too? <laughs> I find them exactly. quite yum. Yeah. But uh, I mean, there's all sorts of like setting up and managed funds, portfolio and things like that. Um, yeah. Which is shares and bonds and yeah. investing in companies. I don't, I don't do it because I don't know what's good or not. Like that's not my perfect profession, but I invest in people who do know. So, yeah. Um, yeah. and I enjoy seeing those, how they do it and how they're investing my money. So um, yeah, yeah. I, all these sort of different investments and businesses, I thoroughly enjoy yeah. looking into when I am not looking at rugby clips yeah. on the laptop or reviewing my game or the opposition and so on. Oh, interesting. So would that be something, would that be something aside of you, which a lot of people probably wouldn't know? Yeah, I don't like sort of disclosing too much my own business but I think it is important for people to hear it so you know as they start earning a bit of bit of coin and wonder what they should be doing with um you know some surplus cash um just some avenues they can look into and ultimately set themselves up for the future and for their families so that's that's what I'm working towards and um it, it probably allows me to be a bit more free in in my own rugby game too like I'm not going out there um, worrying about you know mm. making errors because the coach may not pick me which i won't get a contract and then you know i'll be back back to my day job sort of thing i've always Definitely. been quite a fearless player so that's never really come into my mindset but it, it would mm. with a lot of people yeah definitely especially if they were reaching the end of their careers and they were and then they start wondering where all their money's gone and uh, they know that that tap is going to turn off. Um, and I'm, yeah, you know, I'm the, I'm, I'm the same as well with my, my career and my business. I've had moments where we went from zero to the absolute top and then I nearly lost it all because I made some silly decisions because I was mm-hmm. purely chasing money, you know. I was chasing yeah. every opportunity that came to me I was saying yes to. And it would be like, you know, uh, an example would be you saying yes to every endorsement and every business opportunity and you'd just be tired mm-hmm. and eventually you make a mistake. So, um, but no, yeah. it's good, man. So just to, just to kind of wrap it up, um, that was really, that, that segment there was yeah. real interesting, by the way. It'd be cool to talk to you, I don't know, off camera one time later on because I'm yeah. real pas- passionate about entrepreneurship and business and investment and property and things as well. But just mm-hmm. to wrap it up, man, just a, just a couple of quick questions. Um, what's your, what's your breakfast look like? Like, what do you usually eat for breakfast? Um, it's either got, I go through phases. It's either like toast and a coffee. So I'll, yeah. I love, um, butter and marmite on toast Yeah. and honey, butter, marmite and honey on toast and a yeah. coffee, um, yeah. or a smoothie. So um, blueberries, banana, milk, protein, collagen, peanut butter, smoothie. Yeah, yeah. that works. Nice. And do you do you, do you pay a lot of attention to your diet? Obviously, or you probably got nutritionists and whatnot. Yep. Yeah, I do. I've um, I know what works for me now, and I'm at a body weight that is consistent. So, um, you know, for five years I was just 
trying to get it up, trying to get it up. And it was from age 18 to probably 23 where I needed to get it up to take the knocks in rugby that I was getting and, yeah. and you know, sustain the playing that I was um, or the amount of rugby I was exposed to. Um, How much are you weighing nowadays? 93 kilos. Yeah. yeah. How tall are you? And, six, six one? Uh, uh, six one. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to be any heavier or, um, yeah, it's about being efficient and, yeah, that's important to me. Being able to yeah. feel light and fast is, is key. Definitely, man. Definitely. Uh, that's, that's awesome, bro. And do you have any, um, do you have any kind of closing words of advice to, to the audience out there? There'll be a lot of, um, a lot of people listening to this, the uptake of this. So what's some closing words, advice from Mr. Mr. Bowden Barrett? <laughs> Wow. Um, gosh, I, that's a tough one. Obviously, yeah. like enjoying what you do is so, so key. Like if you're ever going to succeed in something, I think it's important to enjoy it. I mean, you hear the odd occasion, the stories of Andre Agassi, he hated what he was doing, but he was so good. Um, but you very, very rarely hear those stories so find mm. something that you enjoy doing um and be versatile especially in, in this day and age this current thing we're going through at the moment uh, may yeah. be a great opportunity to to tap into a few of the skills you know that you've got um got handy and, and it could be yeah. the opportunity you need to, to do something different so um yeah, don't get too stuck like stay moving stay fluid and um you know life can be exciting if if uh you know you take opportunities along the way and um mm. i think change is good i love change I agree. yeah i agree man now that's um that's awesome bro yeah man well that's pretty much that's it man any um yeah i think i that's i think we're bang on just under the hour too so um awesome yeah bro i really appreciate it man i know you're a busy dude so yeah thank luckily this little uh lockdown period it gave me this little window of opportunity yeah. so yeah oh um, no, nice to chat mate we'll um have to catch up soon thank you everybody for listening if you enjoyed this episode and found any type of value please subscribe to our podcast share with your friends and give us a five-star review on itunes to be in the draw to win a 200 i love ugly gift voucher we will be drawing a winner monthly good luck and see you on the next episode